All right, guys, welcome to episode 38 of the Self Love Effect podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Toppings. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast episode again. All right. So I have one of the baddest bitches on the planet. I came across her on a reel. And I mean, let's be honest, social media is not all that bad all the time. And, uh, but I absolutely love her content. She's real. She's authentic. She's vulnerable, no filter. And I feel like in the world, the society we live in today, it's very rare to find somebody that's authentic and is just privileged to know themselves. And so with me today, I have tough love coach. Um, she's also a kettlebell coach and a business coach, but Alexis Doss and yeah. Welcome to the self love effect. I am stoked to have you here. Uh, I love everything you stand for. I mean, the fact that you went from homeless, depressed, insecure, um, bad bitch to a thriving bad bitch who owns her missteps and moves through life with ease and confidence. And your ultimate goal is to help empower women and to, you know, have them grow into a life that they are proud of and that, you know, they can walk in their own grace and confidence themselves. So yeah, yeah. happy to have you here. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So she's going to go ahead and take the reins and she's going to do the repeat after me because she's big in affirmations. And I'm sure we'll talk about that some, um, but whenever you're ready, just repeat after me. And Okay, cool. Yeah. So, Hey guys, what's up? Repeat after me. Uh, I let go of perfection and embrace trial and error. I'm really, really big on what my favorite quote, the master has failed more times than the student has ever tried. And the biggest thing holding most people back is being afraid to fail. So I let go of perfection and embrace trial and error. Practice that every day. It's good stuff. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, okay. So tell us a little bit about your, how you started, where it all you know, where the inspiration came from, where did the shift come from? But I know there's always a story. And so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, my, my story is pretty interesting. So um, I went to school to be a high school history teacher. Um, and about like four months before I graduated, I realized, oh shit, I don't really like these kids as much as I thought I did. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I had like a quarter life crisis. And I ended up graduating. I got my degree. Um, but after I, with my quarter life crisis, I was like, I need to get out of here. Like, this isn't what I want to do. I just spent four years in school. And so I was living, my school was like in kind of like in the Philly area. And I up and left with a guy I'd been dating. I met him online. We'd met before. Um, but I was just like, I'm leaving. My parents didn't want me to leave. My sister didn't want me to leave. And everybody knew at the time that he was extremely emotionally abusive. But if you've ever been in an emotionally or physically abusive relationship, you don't see it. Um, and so they did not want me to leave, but I left anyway. And so I left, removed from the East coast to the West coast, with him. Um, and I flew to Washington state with literally just a suitcase. And we had this plan. We were going to drive, we take his car. We were going to drive to LA and we were going to like live this amazing life and just like be free. And I was all about it. And so we drove down the coast and slowly, but surely I really started to see how emotionally abusive it was. It was really controlling, like needed to know the password to all of my stuff, like just in every way, shape or form you can imagine. It's extremely controlling. Um, and so as we finally got to LA, um, I developed like two eating disorders because of all of the stress of the relationship and being away from home. Um, and, uh, so I was going through that. And as we got down, you know, we started getting into where we were going to move. Cause he said there was going to be this house that we were going to live in. And he had this roommate, we were going to live with them, got there house didn't exist. He just made up like this plan just yeah. to basically get me to go with him. And so I ended up homeless sleeping out of my car uh, for like three months in the streets of LA where never was like actually on the streets because we had a car fortunately, but, but we just, I would like shower on the Santa Monica beach in my bathing suit. I would, you know, we'd sleep in our car and I'd wake up in them because we'd sleep in like target parking lots. So I'd wake up in the morning, like with my purse and I'd like put my toothbrush and like toothpaste in there and like run to the bathroom and like pray to God that like nobody saw me brushing my teeth in the bathroom. Um, and so it was just like that, that whole situation. 
And eventually I got myself out of, out of that relationship and got myself back up on my feet doing like random odd jobs. Um, and in February of 2013, I was diagnosed with PCOS. Um, for anybody who doesn't know what that is, it's polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, it's just a hormonal disorder that causes like infertility, weight gain, hair loss, hair growth in places that you don't really want it. And so before that moment, like I was always pretty thin, like I could eat whatever and just like never gain weight. Um, and little did I know because it was because now that I, you know, understand nutrition, it was because my body wasn't getting the nutrients that it needed because I did not eat healthy at all. I didn't really take care of myself. I played volleyball for 13 years and that was always my working out. So I didn't mm. really, really know how to work out. And so, and I also had two eating disorders. And so when that happened and I was diagnosed with PCOS, I kind of was like, oh shit. I I'm over not taking care of myself, but my body. And I had lots of self-hatred. I uh, was big on like pity parties and victim mentality. And even though I had a lot of stuff I'd been through and was going through, like there were lots of people that were trying to help me with things. And I just like wanted to stay the victim because it was in my comfort zone. Um, but so I started to, um, just like educate myself on PCOS. I was reading blogs. I was reading books and I started to use Instagram uh, essentially as a diary. So I would share, um, you know, the foods I was eating and the things I was trying. And like, I tried to be vegan and then gluten-free and dairy-free and like all these things. And I just wanted to share to hold myself accountable. And, um, that kind of is what started me on, uh, taking care of myself. Um, and then eventually I, um, as I was sharing more, I, uh, eventually kind of just stumbled into coaching. I went to IIN to get my um, certification in holistic health coaching because I realized I wanted to heal myself naturally. I didn't want to be put on meds because I was put on metformin, which is like one of the most common medications for women with PCOS and the side effects were horrible. And so um, as I like started to educate myself with that, I ended up just starting to take clients and like figuring out as, a, as I went, I had no freaking clue what I was doing. And like, eight and a half years later, I'm like here and, and have like a thriving coaching business and how, and it's, and it's more so now transformed into, I still help women with like an, a holistic approach, but everything that I've done, I've been, I essentially pushed into helping women with like the, the mindset in general is a pretty vague term. Um, but it's more of like a mindset. And a lot of times people are coming to me for, for business things, because like, whether they're trying to get into coaching or trying to start a YouTube channel, because I've been so successful with my social media and my coaching business, I find that a lot of people kind of just like hop on that train. So I, I, uh, my, my business is essentially life direction coaching, and it's kind of formed into its own thing. So it's like, a I'm, I'm so big on, uh, working on what's going on up here first. Mm. A lot of people will come to me because they see my Instagram and a lot of people come to me for like healthy habits and procrastination and perfectionism, all or nothing mindset. And they see what I've done and they come to work with me and they think we're just going to jump into the logistics of how to get better with your social media and this. And I'm like, uh-uh-uh, like we're working <laughs> right here first. Yes. So I've, I've just like created this, this business essentially where, you know, people join me and they, and they improve on what's going on up here because I talk a lot about, it on my, on my Instagram, I'm very much about helping people find the root of why they're not doing something versus the bandaid. Most people are just working on the bandaid. Like, Oh, I struggle with procrastination. Let me buy a, a planner. Let me like fix my schedule mm. a little bit. Those things work. But if you haven't gotten to the root of why you're procrastinating, why are you people pleasing? Why are you struggling with perfectionism? Um, it kind of ends up like, uh, surprising them. Cause they're like, Oh, okay. I need to get to this first. Cause once you identify that everything else becomes a lot easier because when you're just fo focusing on the bandaid, everything else is 10 times harder. Once you get to the root and you work through that, everything else is easy from there. So I, I'm, I think I'm getting off on a tangent, but yeah, that's essentially no, I love it. I love it. what's brought me to this point. No. Yeah. I love it. No. And then to go back a little bit to rewind, you had mentioned eating disorder. And I know for me personally, I suffered from, um, binge eating and bulimia myself. And it wasn't until, you know, I had kids and my daughter in particular, but it was like, I feel, I don't know for you personally, but, um, that kind of was like the shift and change where I cannot, I don't, I don't, well, I'll ask you right now, but do you feel like that helped you, you know, get your shit together? Like I have to change. Like I cannot continue to be this person living in, you know, binge eating, um, um, 
if it was bulimia or anorexia, whatever your eating disorder was. But I know for me personally, it was like, in order to love myself and to grow up here, I needed to let that shit go first. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That was, I, I was the same binge eating and bulimia. Bulimia was the first thing, but like in order to essentially have the bulimia, like most people are binging right. first. And then right. I got rid of the bulimia and then was still binge eating for a really long time after. Um, but it was, it, there was something that they teach you at IIN, which is something called crowding out. And I teach this, whether it's food or just any other bad behavior is if you, instead of trying to force someone to stop doing something, if you just crowd out the behavior, most of the time it'll naturally stop. So for example, if I have somebody who comes to me and they're trying to quit smoking, instead of trying to get them to quit smoking, we add in all the good stuff. They start to work out more, start to take care of themselves. Naturally, they're just not going to want to feel that way. And so I feel that that's kind of like what I did. I didn't really, I mean, I was working on the root of why was I, you know, binge eating? Why was I struggling with these eating disorders first? But then I, I really was just like eating better, working out, working on self-care. And it, those two things just didn't align. So if they don't align, you're just like, okay, I'm, I either can live this life or this life. And I'd rather live this one. And it was easy for me to just kind of like, let that go. But, but definitely like being diagnosed with PCOS and like also going through these things, it was kind of like the first time in my life where I had a serious health scare essentially. Yeah. Um, and so when that happened, it scared the crap out of me. And I was like, okay, I got to get this figured out. And if I'm going to get this figured out, I can't be dealing with this stuff too. Didn't just happen right away, but that was kind of the turning point that made me start to improve my life in all ways, shape, shapes and form. So then I could eventually crowd out that yeah. behavior. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. It makes total sense too. Cause it goes hand in hand. I mean, if you're putting in the work and you're trying to be a better person, obviously hunched over, over the toilet, isn't going to make you no, better. It's going to make you feel like all. shit. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, let's talk about these affirmations. Um, I know you love them and I feel like some people's like, Oh, maybe it's a little bit out there. Cause it's like, you know, some people are like, well, the universe and, um, uh, like, woohoo, like, I don't know. Um, but in reality, you know, there's, there is proof out there, um, that, you know, your mind works kind of hand in hand. I mean, if you think you're going to have a shitty day, you're going to have a shitty day. If you think you're going to have a great day and you're a little bit more positive, you're going to have a better day. So, um, yeah, let's talk about affirmations because you, you're big on them and I've seen them on your page and I love, you know, that you really honestly like bring it to people's attention. Like if you do this, if you say this, it can happen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, don't even get me started. (laughs) I, I have so many things to share about it. So I, I'm all about like, I love the woo woo side of things and the spiritual side of things, but I also love the science science part of things because I feel like there's always going to be different people, right? Some people who just jump right into it and they like, I'm the kind of person that like, whether it's people or situations, I'm always going to expect the best out of people versus being like unsure. Like I trust people very easily. I trust situations. Like I'd rather trust something and then have it let me down, then go into it super skeptical. So some people are like that. They're going to, okay, you tell me to say the affirmations. I believe it. Other people kind of need some other proof. That's not just the woo woo stuff. So, um, there's something in the brain called the RAS. So it's the reticular activating system. And essentially it like mediates your overall level of consciousness. And the easy, easiest way to explain this is it, imagine like, you know, there's two people in a car, um, you know, they're, they're driving down a main road where there's like restaurants and people and like, you know, pre COVID when life was normal, hopefully we're not going to <laughs> like make busy lockdowns, but like, it, you know, there's just a lot of people and there's lots of different stores and things like that. So the one person in the car is really hungry. They're starving. They, they need to eat. The other person in the car broke up with their boyfriend a few months ago and they're looking for a cute date. They're just looking for a cute boy or girl, whatever. I don't judge. And so they're both in the same car, both driving down the same road. The person who's really hungry is going to see all of the food. They're going to smell the food. They're going to see the person with the ice cream cone over there. The person that is looking for the cute boy is going to see the group of guys over there and the group of guy and the cute boy over there. Both things exist in the same place, but whatever you're hyper-focused on, you're going to notice. The person who's looking for the food is not going to notice a single cute boy. And the person who's looking for the cute boys is not going to notice anything about the food because it's what they're hyper-focused on. So when you're saying affirmations, one, one of the biggest things I hear from people is 
I, you know, I, I don't really believe like when not, um, when a client joins my one-on-one, my coaching program, I create personalized affirmations for them based off of some of the things that we talked about. And so a lot of times I'll send them to them and some people are ready to dive in and other people are like, well, I don't believe this. And I'm like, you're not supposed to. Mm. The, the whole goal is to essentially trick your subconscious into believing that these things are true. And I didn't believe my affirmations for the first like year of saying them. Um, but once you start to say them and you start to see things happen, you're like, okay, maybe I do <laughs> believe in magic, you know? And I'm so big on this with my clients and with my social media. We live in a world where people just are not patient. We we live in a world where everybody has apps and you can swipe left to date someone and you can push a button to call a yeah. car to your house. And we want everything right now. And so people will try affirmations, meditations. And, I, and they're like, I tried meditation and I tried the affirmations, but like, I really couldn't get into it. I'm like, how long did you try? They're like a month. What? Like, why would you be able to? Because affirmations essentially are reprogramming old mm-hmm. limiting beliefs that come from things that never came from you, from childhood trauma, toxic relationships, whatever it is. And so you have to be patient with the process in, in order to see it happen. More scientific stuff for any scientific people that 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 love this stuff. I'm reading a book. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's pretty popular, but like I've never read it. It's called The Gene Keys. Have you heard of it before? No, I haven't. It's wild. It's it's wild. So it's 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 like the perfect combination of like what feels very woo woo, but it's based off of our genetic DNA and that these these 64 gene keys based off of like how our DNA works. But it talks about in the book how um, if you wake up sad and depressed um, and then you go about the rest of your day just sad and depressed and you're crying and you're just like having a pity party, your um, your our body speaks to our genes. And so when you're sad and depressed and then you just continue to be sad and have a pity party you're telling your genes to do something. So they turn off or a certain hormonal response. Um, so you just end up just continuing to be sad and depressed. But if you wake up sad and depressed, and then you try to make yourself laugh, you put on your favorite song, you dance around, whatever, um, your body will actually turn on a hormonal response because you're speaking to your genes and you will actually feel better. So this shit is not just about, I'm, I am confident. I am <laughs> like, it's, a, there's actual things. Yeah. That- could understand that like it's the scientific side but then on the woo-woo side you're putting out that energy and essentially getting that back another example i love metaphors but like another example is if you have two people in alternate in two alternate universes one person wakes up late for work and they um they realize they're late they're like fuck oh my god like i I, you know i'm late and they're screaming at their kids like get your lunches get in the car Mm -hmm. like probably going to hit every red light. And then today's just going to suck. And then Kathy's just going to be talking to the water cooler, gossiping, and she's going to get on my nerves. And then they go into work. What kind of day do you think they're going to have? Then if you have the other person in the other alternate universe, they wake up late and they're like, shit, okay, I'm late, but you know what? We're going to have a good day. Kids, just put a little pep in your step. It's going to be fine. I'm going to hit all the green lights. It's going to be a good day. Like, who do you think is going to have a better day? It's, it's not even about like, just, it's about the energy you're putting out, but it goes back to that RAS. You're hyper-focused on, I'm going to have a good day. I'm going to have a good day, not hyper-focused on, I'm going to have a bad day. So throughout your day, you will be more keen to look for positive things, mm-hmm. good opportunities. You know what I mean? Um, so there's, there's so much stuff behind it. So I really think one, people just have to be patient with the process. And to um, know that like, you're not supposed, you're not going to believe them right away, but it's about slowly trying to trick your subconscious and put the positive stuff in front of it that you'll actually see changing. And the other key thing that I see people make the mistake of when it comes to affirmations is affirmations always have to be in the present or past tense. People will say, I will be confident or I will have a good day. It's more focused on like, it's already happened. It's in the past or it's happening right now. Cause that's how our subconscious will mm-hmm. really like essentially like soak it in. But anyway, there's my million metaphors. Cause I love metaphors. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. Same here. Yeah. I'm like, I, when I tried to explain this, I, you know, the most common one that people understand is like how many times I know for me personally, like when you think of buying a new car and you're like, Oh, I want, you know, a black Chevy Silverado truck. And that's what I want with tinted windows. And then all of a sudden you start to see that car drive down the road over and over again. And it's the same thing. It's like, we don't, well, not, not weak. Many of us don't understand how powerful our brain is and what it's capable of because we shut it off so many times. We're just like, well, we'll just be like this, or we'll just be like this. This is just how I am. When in reality, that's not how you have to be. You have 
you could change today and you could change your whole, the course of your life, but you have to decide on transforming your life. It's really up to you. Um, yeah. It's funny that you say that too. Cause it's another like example, another metaphor I like to use is like, Another thing I work on with my clients, I catch them on the first call um, when they're explaining different things to me, they're always speaking down to themselves or saying that they're just like this, like, oh, I've just always been a perfectionist. I'm always going to be a perfectionist or whatever. It's like, it, it, you don't have to be a certain way. If you tell yourself constantly that this is just the way you are, then you'll always be that way. So for example, I am not good at math. And so I know I'm just saying, don't say that, but like, I don't care about being good at math. Like if it's, if it's what you want to improve, that's different. But like, I'm just using this example because like, I just, I'm, I have a phone. I'll use my calculator. I'm not doing anything in my job where I really need to do anything that's fancy, but because I always say I'm not good at math, I'm putting it in my brain that I'm not good at math. So I'm not going to do anything to improve it, right? I'm not going to try to educate myself, read a book, take a class, do anything that's going to improve me being a better math person, essentially. So if, if you want to improve on something, if you're a perfectionist and you want to change that, um, if, it, or if using the math example, if I, if I wanted to get better at math, I could say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm currently I'm not the best at math, but I'm working to get better. I'm going to actually try to get better. And it's just simply about like changing the wording will make it so you actually look for more opportunity and you take action. Affirmations are not just like you sit there and you're like, I have a million dollars and it shows up in your bank account. But by saying that you're more motivated to do the things that you need to do. If every day you woke up and you said, I'm broke, I'm poor, I suck. Why would you do anything to like try to go out and chase money? You know what I mean? And for yep. good reasons, but yeah. You're right. You hit it on there. And I hope everybody that's listening gets it down. Cause I feel like that's a lot of times that's the one thing we lack as human beings, but, um, essentially we're not raised in a society that tells us, you know, that kind of like puts us at the forefront. Like this is how you become a better person. Like, it's kind of like, we're just at times like bots, like we just go through the motions and we become okay with living like that. And so we don't expect anything more of ourselves. So, yeah. but then you have coaches like you who are, you know, hold up, like there's more to life than just going to your nine to five and, you know, being, you know, living comfortably and not, you know, always sitting down and, you know, the why me situation. So, um, yeah, for sure. And then, um, so you have, you mentioned about personal development a lot on your, you know, your social media page. And if you guys don't follow her, she'll give you the deets later, but I feel like your reels are very educational. Um, they kind of just like, they're always spot on. Um, and I love watching them and your personalities are so authentic, but what in, in back to personal development, but being authentic, cause it all really ties together. Like what drove you there essentially to finally just like make that switch on social media. Cause like looking back, you know, I, I do stroll. So I go back, but you've transformed so much. Like your content is like so different than when it was like, I went back all the way to like 2018 and it's like, you've transformed and you blossom. And it's just like, it really essentially is like your own personal diary that you're sharing with all of us. Yeah. Um, authenticity is like one of the biggest, like if there was like a, a character that people find important in someone, authenticity is like the biggest thing for me. And I feel like that's why I've been so successful, um, on social media and why people, my people at least are drawn to me is because I am going to like, if you meet me in person or you see me on social media, I am literally the same exact person I through and through. And so to me, like always being myself is really important. And so as I've evolved in my business and as I've changed, I've, I've changed my social media and that I've also worked with business coaches that have helped me get really niche specific on like who I'm helping. Um, but, uh, I, I really just focus on like who, who I'm trying to help is who I was eight or nine years ago. And, as, and I'm also, I, I listen to what works. Um, a lot of people haven't hopped on the reels train because I don't know how to do it or it's hard or I can't think of ideas or I'm not creative. Again, just affirming to yourself how you don't want to be. And so I just kind of go with what's working and, and, and what's changed. So my social media has definitely changed with like what my business looks like, but it's also changed with like me listening to, to what works with social media and me continuing to just be really authentic with myself. Um, with personal personal development, were, were you what 
I guess, what question were you asking were you, uh, when you were talking about personal development? Was it in terms of like books I'm reading or what happened? Like, I don't yeah. know if I... I don't, I don't like, know if I that question. What has helped? What has helped you? I, yeah, I kind of like intertwine the whole thing. Oh, you're fine, you're fine. What has helped you with your personal development? Because I feel like most times people kind of don't understand that personal development is key in this whole like cycle of life, right? I mean, yeah. if we don't want to improve, we're never going to get to where we want to be. So what yeah. has helped you personally? Okay, yeah. So personal development is like, I think one of the most important things like besides affirmations, because you are taking a specific topic that you're either struggling with or want to improve on. And you're just like honing in on that craft. Do you know what I mean? If you want to get really good at riding a bike, you need to ride the bike every single day, all the time. And so our minds are the same way. And so when it, before I got into personal development, like self-help books, I was like, ew, why do I need to read a self-help book? Like that seems so like nineties, like, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't really connect with me. Um, but it was, it wasn't because it didn't work. It was because I, and I think a lot of people are in this space. Um, I, I know I need to be more positive. Like, why do I need a book to tell me to do that? Mm -hmm. And you always want to be the smartest person in the room, the best, smartest, most successful people in the world read so much personal development. They always surround themselves with people that have more knowledge than they do. So if you're reading personal development, you're consistently putting yourself in a space where someone has more knowledge than you. And you don't, you don't let your ego get in the way that says Mm -hmm. like, well, I know what to do because you don't. Because when you look at it that way, you kind of look at everything as just a surface level thing. But when you can read books that give you a different perspective on how you can think about a different topic or the way that you might not even realize, that's why working with coaches is so beneficial or joining a program because a lot of these things we know uh, and, and, and a coach or a program or whatever can sometimes ask just the right question or a book um, to, to pull that out of you. And so- I finally kind of like got into reading personal development. And then once I like read, like started to consistently read, I was like, I'm improving. This is great. I don't struggle with, you know, depression, anxiety, anger problems. Like not that I don't struggle with it at all, but I'm, I don't, I'm not in that space um, as bad as I was before. And the thing I, I talk, another thing I talk about a lot on my social media is that the goal is you're going through your growth journey and improving yourself is not to never struggle with the thing anymore. It's to just not stay there as long. I was watching a video one time where somebody was like interviewing Tony Robbins and he was like, does Tony Robbins get depressed? And he's like, yeah. And the guy was like, you get depressed. And he was like, yeah, I just don't stay there as long. And that's essentially what personal development can help you do. I think sometimes people are like, well, it's not going to like, you know, do everything for me with a lot of times it will, but it's just about helping you not have to stay in low vibe and low energy, um, uh, feelings and emotions as long anxiety, anger, jealousy, um, resentment, like all of those, you're still, you still can struggle with those. Like I have improved my body image so much but I still struggle with it from time to time. I just don't stay there as as long. And because of all of the personal development I read, I have the tools to help pull myself out of that hole. I really believe personal development is a tool belt to help fight all the things, whether it's, you know, from narcissistic, toxic people, Mm -hmm. um, haters, or it's the stuff coming from yourself externally or internally, like you're able to like fight everything, you know, in a a way that makes you feel like better equipped. So I really just started reading and then just haven't stopped ever since. It's just really important to me. Then the other thing too, just back to being patient is people won't get to read. I hate reading, never liked it in school, do it and still hate it. I do. Mm -hmm. I listen to audiobooks because I just, my ADHD, I have severe ADHD. I just can't sit. So I meet myself where I'm at instead of trying to compare myself to everybody else. But with reading, um, start with literally five minutes a day. It'd be great if you could read 30 to 45 minutes a day, but in all or nothing mindset has never worked. So if you're doing it, don't do it. It never works. Um, So five minutes a day, start with that and then do six and seven and eight and nine. Don't try to do an hour because somebody else is doing it. Just do what you can fit in. And as you start to see the benefits of what it's like, you'll be able to add it in more as you go. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, self-help, let me see therapists, like counseling that shouldn't people think, oh my God, if I do that, then I'm crazy. Um, No, you're actually, you're taking your very courageous for it because many people rather just stay in the same bubble instead of improve themselves. But, um, on this podcast, we like to share books a lot. Um, so any books in particular that have helped you, 
Um, not that it might not help somebody on, you know, but it might also help somebody if they go look for that book and they purchase and they ended up loving it. So, um, yeah. So whenever I get this question, um, either when I've done like podcasts before I get on my social media, my first thing is, and I'm sure it annoys people is I don't want to give you a book that I read. I want to know what you're struggling with and then I'll recommend it. So I can kind of give like certain things that I think are beneficial. I've read so many, um, but the, for one of my favorite books where I think having a better relationship with yourself, getting kind of that encompasses a lot of the things Mm -hmm. that I stand for, but like working on your self-love, your body image, meditation, affirmations, trusting the universe, like all that kind of hippie dippy stuff, but also self-love included is um, Mastering Your Mean Girl by Melissa Ambrosini is one of my favorite books. Also, The Universe Has Your Back by Gabby Bernstein. Both of those books, I feel like go hand in hand. Um, Love those. Um, In terms of eating disorders, um, Love Yourself, Heal Your Life by Louise Hay and Women, Food and God by Jeanine Roth. If you're not religious, I'm not religious, nothing against it if you are, but it's not a religious book, so don't get freaked out by the word God. Um, It's kind of using God as like the universe. You can apply that however you want. so those books are, are really great for that. Um, uh, one of my favorite books ever. And I like, um, what's the word? I essentially use it as like the guidebook for so much of my one-on-one coaching mm-hmm. is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Mm-hmm. It's so, I, I have severe ADHD, like hardcore ADHD. I recently just got diagnosed with OCD. Didn't know I had that either. So that throws me off too. Um, and so I've read every book you can imagine about your brain and productivity and focus, time management, by far the best book Mm -hmm. I've ever read on it. Uh, It's just, it's just one of those books where you can read it. And in like the first five pages, you can start applying things right away. It's not like you have to finish the book and then it's like, okay, you know, now now I got to read it again or, 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 you know, now I can apply it. So I really like that. Um, a book, I love every, um, book by John Maxwell. If you're looking for like leadership, um, whether you're a coach or you're leading a team or whatever, all of his books are amazing. But one of my favorites is good leaders ask great questions. That's like one of my favorite books, especially if you're a coach, one of the best things you can do if you're coaching people is stop trying to fix all their problems and ask them more questions and help them get to the answer. Because somebody's very much more likely to try something if you kind of make them think that they came up with it versus you just constantly telling them everything. It's about being a good listener too. So that I really like. Um, And then uh, another one that I like for, um, kind of taking your business seriously or taking yourself seriously, find that a lot of people want all these dreams and goals, but they constantly procrastinate and get in their way. There's always a reason for that. Got to figure out that route, but, um, hashtag girl boss by, um, Sophia Amoroso. She's like, she created, um, I can't think of her company. It'll take me forever to think, but, but that book like made me be like, oh, wow. I'm like, I have a business and I'm not really taking it seriously. I'm definitely treating it like a hobby and not a business. And so that book really helped me with that. Um, depression, Eckhart Tolle's power of now. Um, and then, uh, the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I, there's a lot of great things in that book, but in it, the, one of the things I think is most important that most people do, and we just do in our society is make assumptions. And so in a talk about one of the four agreements is to not make assumptions because, uh, if you just, and I learned this in couples therapy and my fiance and I went to couples therapy when we were good. So I agree what you say about like therapy there, you should actually go to therapy as, as, as a, as a, something to help you, not as a last stitch effort, especially like couples therapy, like our couples therapist was like, you guys are coming just to like improve your relationship. Not because you guys are about to like break up. And we were like, yeah, he was like 2% of people do that. He was like, oh my gosh, I like never see that. And I was like, I don't know. We just want to like make things better. And so, um, uh, what was I going to say? I was just like totally, totally lost my, uh, the, uh, the book, not, not, um, oh my gosh. Oh, not assumptions. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, um, but in couples therapy, and you can apply it to anything. It seems like the simplest thing, but it works. Most people don't do the simple stuff is checking your assumptions. So if you get in an argument with your significant other, or not even if you get in an argument, let's say they come home from work and they just seem like they're upset and they're like moping around the house and they're kind of having short answers and you just assume that they're mad at you and you don't check, you go for the rest of the night not really saying anything. And you're kind of like, what did I do? And like, you don't check in. And then if you were to just at the beginning, when he, you know, was came in and he looked like he was upset and he said, 
what you're supposed to do is say, Hey, can I check an assumption? And he says, yeah. I'm like, are right, you seem like you're upset. Is it something with work or is it something with me? And he was like, Oh no, it's just something with work. You could spend the rest of your night, not letting that assumption eat you alive. So whether it's messaging someone on social media or, um, like networking or doing something with your business, or somebody said they wanted to like join your coaching program and then they didn't respond right away. And you assume for a week that they're ignoring you when maybe they opened your, opened your message, thought they responded and never did. If all you do is check your assumptions, it'll really help. So anyway, those are some books. I'm, I'm sure there's probably a bunch more, um, that, that I've read, but, but yeah, those would be some of my, um, oh, high performance habits by Brendan Bouchard. I love everything by Brendan Bouchard. Following him on social media is really great, but yeah, those are, those are definitely some of my, my favorites. I love those. I, I, the power of now is, uh, you know, enlightenment and it, it's, it takes you on a whole different roller coaster because it, at first it was a really hard read for me. I'm like three, five pages in and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, the, wh- what is he talking about? Like, I can't even focus right now, but it's yeah. like for sure. And then, then Atomic Habits, James Clear is, is, I mean, that book's phenomenal. I like the two minute uh, to show up for yourself, like the yeah. two minute fragment. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I mean, those are, I'm going to have to check out the other books, but we do love to share books on here. And I, I just think it's something that we can all just the same way, like we share quotes and affirmations, like books are yeah. something that, you know, gives us, you know, everlasting knowledge. So yeah. Um, yeah, but you also speak about how growth gets harder before it gets easier. Can you elaborate on that? Cause I feel like most people they think when I grow, then I'm going to become better. I shouldn't become worse. It shouldn't be harder. It should be easier because I'm growing. Right. I'm like, I should be like this fabulous person. Um, if I'm putting in the effort, but let's be honest, that's not life. It's not supposed to be that way. It's not supposed to be easy. No, no. And everybody just wants to stay in their comfort zone. Um, like whether their comfort zone is really like either way, like things are going to be hard. Right. And so I always say, especially to people I work with that are like trying to start a small business or coaching or whatever, um, is there, you're always going to have a hard, so you need to choose what your heart is going to be. So your heart is either you grow your business and you have to go through like figuring out new things and how to show up on social media and possibly getting haters and losing money, making money, like all the things that come with like, that are scary about building a business. But you also, if you don't choose that hard, the other hard is living paycheck to paycheck, not having financial freedom. Like either way, there's hard shit. You're just choosing it. So your comfort zone is only comfortable because it's it's just what you're used to, but you can choose something different. But in terms of uh, specifically of like, it gets harder before it gets easy, strictly is because most of the time when we start our growth journey, we're really only, I find that people focus on the surface level stuff, which is why I, I really developed my program into what it is, because almost always the stuff that's really keeping us um, in the cycle is the underlying things. And so um, when you start to really do the work and get down to the root, you realize, oh, there's childhood trauma. Oh, there are these uh, essentially programmed beliefs that came from things that didn't come from me. Like none of our negative beliefs come from ourselves. They come from something else. And so when you realize the underlying things of like why you're struggling with what you're struggling with, truly, you're like, I got to work through that. And that's not just going to happen overnight. You know what I mean? Like me learning to love my body took me three years. And I tell people that like their face is like, I'm like, the time's going to pass anyway. Would you rather start working on it and go through the hard and three years later be in a totally different place or not work on it three years pass and you're in the same place? It doesn't make sense to me. And I get why people struggle with it, but it doesn't make sense to me why people like fight so much on the time it takes to do something because the time is going to pass and you're going to end up in one or one of two places, the same place or in a better place or possibly a worse place, but uh, you know, the same or, or a better place. So I think the, the reason why it can get messy and it's not cute is because you have to face that. Like I love, we love our parents for the most part, um, but they are human beings and went through their own trauma before they ever became our parents. And so 
I don't, I don't know a single person that doesn't have a parent that affected them in some way. Even if like their parent was uh, like really great. Like once you really get down to the roots, sometimes their parent was great, loved them, was there for them, but they were so anal about things being like perfect in their grades and um, things have to be clean. And now they're like a, like a clean freak and can't, you know, they got OCD, they got, you know, perfectionism that holds them back from doing things because their logical adult self now can make sense of it and know, like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But the inner child that's in you, that wound that lives in you at a cellular level is still hurting. And until you work on that inner child, that, cause that's what I think what holds people back is they go, okay, I figured it out. I got, you know, my, my mom made me a perfectionist. I'll just like, let that go. It's like, you can logically let that go with the information that you have, with the work that you've done as an adult, but your inner child doesn't know that. And so you have to continuously um, work through that. You don't have to revisit your trauma every day, but you have to continuously work through that and literally rewrite the story of why you feel that way. And so what I explain to my clients is that like, there's you and there is the limiting beliefs that you have. And they're essentially like, like claws locked into each other mm -hmm. and that they've just been that way, that whole, your whole life. And most of the time you don't realize, especially as you're going through like your teens and your twenties, you don't realize that you're like a certain way you believe certain things about yourself and your abilities because of your parents or past relationships or teachers or whatever. And so it's just like locked into each other. But once you start to realize and you start to go on that growth journey, the, the goal is to, you know, through journaling, meditation, visualization, therapy, working with a coach, like whatever it is, you slowly start to pull apart and essentially unhook the limiting beliefs from you. And once you do that, you, and it takes time. That's why it's, that's why it's messy because it's does it. You don't just realize it. And then they separate, you have to reprogram. So as you slowly start to do it, eventually you can get to the point where you'll realize you're here over here and the limiting beliefs are over here and it's separate from you. And you can still see them for what they are. If they're not like, you know, on the other side of the world, they're still there, but you start to realize that they're not a part of you anymore. And that's when you can start to go on the uphill instead of the, or essentially downhill, um, of your growth because it's, it's hard. And then not that it necessarily gets easy, but it does, but you have to be willing to go through that period of it sucks a lot and reprogramming that once you really start to pull apart those two things and you realize I'm me without these old beliefs and I've rewritten the story, that's when it can start to get a little bit easier. Yeah. It goes deep. I mean, that's essentially, I, you know, I want you to talk about, you know, about your business right now and what you offer that way, you know, someone in listening might be like, Hey, like I need this. Um, yeah. and it's okay if I, I, I seek help. But uh, yeah, I feel like limiting beliefs is that one thing where people are like, oh, I, I can't reprogram my brain. I mean, that's like, no, this happened to me. And no, that's how, how is it possible? Like, yeah. I can't get over this hump. Um, so with your clients or I mean, sorry, with your business, what do you offer? Um, you know, tell us a little bit about that. That way the listeners know and you know what what's out there. And if they seek, they want to seek help from you, um, how do they go about doing that? Yeah. So, um, I, the, my main, essentially my signature program is, um, a two month program. Um, we meet once a week, every week on zoom. Um, but you also get access, access to me outside of the call. So yeah, we're going to do a lot of the, the, the work on the calls, but like, there are some clients I talk to like every single day through text, um, because I'm, I'm essentially coaching you throughout the full two months of, of the program. So, um, um, I love voice messages when you're going through it, you need to vent, you need, you know, if it's on the business side of things and you need help with like social media, whatever, like I'm going to be there for you in that sense. But what I do that I think is so crucial to the program is I, everybody gets like a, essentially like a welcome packet or like a PDF. So, um, with that, you get like daily journal prompts and the personalized affirmations, but, uh, you get pre-call questions. So it's still like your program and we'll talk about whatever you want on the call, but I still think that there are certain things that are very important for us to make sure that we're touching on. And so there's pre-call questions that you get that you have to answer and send to me before the call starts. And I do that to help you with procrastination. Um, so you're not doing it like right before the call. Um, you need to send it to me like a day before. And then I get to look at those. So when we get on the call, we actually really get to like get some solid work done because you've already sat with those questions and take some time to do it. I've already prepared for it. And now I'm able to really come to the call with some deeper questions to get to the root. And so that's kind of like how I have like post-call homework and things like 
like that. Um, but when I created my program and when I do anything, cause I offer a two month program uh, for 90 minute sessions and I occasionally have masterminds. I don't do them all the time, but I, I occasionally have those. Um, so you kind of have to like be on the lookout for when they happen. They sometimes only happen once a year. Um, but I created something called the ICB roadmap. So it's identify, confront, breakthrough. First part of the program is identifying why are you perfectionist? Why are you struggling with an all or nothing, uh, nothing mindset? Why are you procrastinating? No, you're not lazy. Why are you? Because procrastination essentially is the mask of fear of failure, fear of success. Like if I procrastinate, I don't have to do the thing and possibly fail. Or if I procrastinate, I don't have to do the thing and possibly have success. And oh my God, what does responsibility mean for me? So we're identifying those root things. Second part is where we confront. I'm very big on getting my clients outside of their comfort zone. And so we make like a comfort zone list. You're taking these things off every week to flex that comfort zone muscle, just like a muscle working out, the more you work out, you're going to get stronger. You flex your comfort zone muscle. You're going to be more keen to get outside your comfort zone. So we're, we're kind of making a comfort zone list based off of these underlying things that are essentially rooted in you. And then the last piece is where we break through. This is where everybody more so once is like past the mindset work where we kind of take everything that we've identified, we work through. And now you get to do all the things that you probably knew how to do um, and, and, and want to do, but with a totally different perspective, because you're looking at yourself and your abilities with a different pair of glasses on. And so I do that in my 90 minute session. I do, obviously it's like a lot more intricate and handheld through the two months program. Um, but that's kind of like what I have currently, um, because I'm getting married in like 50 days, um, my two month program, I only take eight clients at a time because I put like my heart and soul in everything. My one of my program is completely full, but I am still taking applications, essentially building a wait list. So after my wedding, um, like once I kind of come back from like my hiatus, anybody who's ready to jump in will be able to, to jump in. But my 90 minute sessions are always, always available. Oh, so yeah. Exciting. Congratulations. That's exciting. Yeah. So cool. Um, so yeah. Um, can you elaborate really quick? I know, you know, I know we're good closing in on time, but yeah, what's this good. flex? I like that flex, you know, that flex muscle. I've never heard that before. That's a first. Oh, so, really? I say that with yeah. like so many. I mean, things. I know it's all on your social media, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted, that was something I wanted to ask you. Cause like, that was the first time I ever came across it at all. I just yeah. never, it was. Yeah. So I, heard I consider all the things that you want to, that hold you back there's a muscle that you can flex by challenging it and working it to make it stronger. So I have posts that talk about the, I don't give a fuck what people think about me muscle. So what can you do to flex that muscle? It depends on what's holding you back. But let's say I have somebody who is, um, they haven't been working out and they want to start to get you know back into the swing. But one of their biggest fears is like, people judging them or seeing them work out. So what we'll do is we'll make a list of like maybe one to four or five things. One that's like kind of scary, but I think I can do two gets a little bit scarier. Three, four, you get the idea. Like five is like, Oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. And so we'll make those things that flex that muscle. So for example, number five might be to go out into a public park and do a workout, like in the middle of people where you normally wouldn't work out, you know, number one may just be to, you know, do a workout because most people who haven't been working out are afraid to work out because they don't want to realize how weak they are or whatever, mm -hmm. but which is crazy because you can only grow from where you start. So right. it just be that another one might be, you know, um, like, you know, going, uh, or even just like wearing a sports bra to work out. Like some people are really scared to do that. So it's essentially kind of building that list. So if for anything else, like, um, you know, flexing your comfort zone muscle, um, or, or flexing your failure muscle, I do this a lot with my perfectionists and they hate it. Um, but I have them make <laughs> of uh, things that they are know they're gonna fail at. Cause essentially taking away the power of failure, that's like what I actually have my mastermind on right now is like, fuck the fear of failure because failure is only a thing if you let it be a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Thomas Edison, when he was creating the light bulb said, I haven't failed, I've just found 10,000 ways that don't work. And if you can change the mindset of, oh my God, I'm failing to, oh, that just didn't work, big deal moving on. You take the power away from that. Now, obviously sometimes there's some more rooted things in there but I make them make a list of things that like they know they can't do but they're gonna try and then they're going to fail at it. They're going to feel what it feels like. And they're going to be like, okay, I'm fine. I didn't spontaneously combust. It's like immersion therapy essentially. And so like, again, with like 
the working out. If I have somebody that hasn't worked out and they're like worried about feeling like they're weak, I'm like, you're going to try to run 10 miles tomorrow. And when they get to mile three and they're like, I can't do this anymore, mile two, and they stop and they go, okay, I'm definitely not reaching 10 miles, but I'm okay. You know what I mean? So the flex idea is just like, what are you most, what are you scared of? What are your fears around? What are you running from? And how can you slowly but surely like flex the muscle that will make that a little bit easier? Because any muscle you, you know, if you work your bicep, you're going to be able to pick heavier things up. That's essentially just what you're doing. You're able to flex whatever that, that, that fear is, you know what I mean? I love that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I really, that was one thing I was like, I really, really love that. Um, but also this is a self-love effect podcast, self-love being the key word. And I wanted, um, to kind of just let the clients, I mean, let the listeners know that for your clients that you, um, achieve their health goals by working with their bodies, um, in an act of self-love. So I don't know if you want to add on to that. Um, because I find that to be really important because working with, and I don't think a lot of times that people understand that concept of you need to work with your body. It is not a toy. It's not something that you aggressively always have to like pound into. I mean, you have to work with, with it to achieve, you know, your goals. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really big on that. One of the first questions is so funny, no matter who my client is, um, they fill out a health history form, which essentially lets me know everything about them, how they're moving their body, what they're eating, how their sleep is like whatever else. And one of the first questions I ask is, um, like, do you want your weight to be different? And I'm not asking that question because I want to help them lose weight. My first question, when I see what they say is I say, how's your body image and why do you want to lose weight? And I'm, what I'm trying to get at is like, you know, and I ask other questions, like in terms of just like mentally, but like, I'm trying to really help them realize that if they want to lose weight, if they want to change things, they have to love themselves first in order to see those changes. So many people are like, if I lose the weight, if I get better at this, if I'm perfect, then I'll be able to love myself more. But it just doesn't work like that. Speaking from experience, I thought if I lost 40 or 50 pounds when I was almost 200 pounds and I lost that weight that I was going to love myself. But since I didn't work on that self-love, once I lost that weight, I still found things to pick myself apart about. It just wasn't my weight anymore. And so it's so important to love, whether it's your body, whether it's your abilities, whether, you know, if you compare yourself a lot, it's about loving yourself where you're at first, because doing that is going to like, even just like back to the scientific stuff, if you're constantly beating yourself up again about your body, about your abilities, about how you're not smart or whatever, you're not good at relationships, you're raising your cortisol. Cortisol is a stress hormone that, you know, causes fat gain and gets you a higher chance of having a heart attack. Um, just, there's so many things that it, that it does. You want a little bit of cortisol, but not a lot. And if you're always beating yourself up, your cortisol is going to be higher. You're not going to feel good. If you talk down to a child constantly, they're not going to feel good. So our, our bodies are the same way. And so you're not going to be able to, you're going to be able to, or want to improve on the things you want to back to the affirmations, if you're negatively affirming to yourself, all these things. So self-love is so important and learning how to do that. It's not going to happen right away. Like I said, it took me three years to love myself. Um, but I was showing up every day because the three years were going to pass anyway. And so I think that just understanding, even if you're like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how that's possible. Just have a slither of hope that you can figure it out. Because if you show up every day going, it's not possible for me, it's possible Mm -hmm. for her, but it's not possible for me. You don't leave any room to allow those changes to happen because anybody can do it. Anybody can, but you would just have to have a little bit of hope that you can essentially do it. So, yeah. 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 And you also help your online business, um, you know, online business clients who are owners grow their online business by working with their own strengths. And then you, in quotations, and what lights them up. Um, do you have, you know, with the business owner side, because I know, I don't know if your self-love is, you know, with the health goals is a little, I don't know where your clientele is like base, yeah. but with the business owners, um, how does that work for you when it comes to like, um, and it, you know, helping them with their own strengths? Because I feel like when we think business, we want to dive right into like, what our goals are for, you know, our, our business and we need to strive for this and we need to make the money aspect. And, you know, we get all frazzled. Um, but I love that you're, you're teaching them their own strengths. Yeah. 
Um, so I think the more going back to kind of like the self-love, the more you have a, cause I ask my clients this sometimes. And, um, a lot of times they're like, what's that? But I'm like, do you have a good relationship with yourself? I asked one of my clients that one time and she was like, what is that? And I was like, yeah, if you have a better relationship <laughs> with yourself in all aspects, you have a good morning routine because you respect yourself enough to have one. You take care of your health. You, um, you know, are working on your mindset, whatever you're going to have a better relationship with, with yourself. And then you're going to be more keen to know what your strengths are. And so I think sometimes people come to me because of essentially, I guess how I present myself on social media, that I have all the answers to people, to the, their problems. And even if I feel like I might know what's best for them, my job, when I work with somebody as a client is to help them figure out what that is. I don't know what that is. And I could probably guess, but I'm not going to tell you what your strengths are. I want you to, to continue to work on that relationship with yourself. So you actually see like, okay, this is what I want to do, or this is how, you know, I work with people all the time. They'll come to me in the first like call or two, they kind of tell me what they're doing. And as we move through the calls, I like, they start to see like, maybe that isn't what I thought I wanted to, wanted to do. You know what I mean? So it's helping them more so than me kind of telling them what that looks like. Um, but in terms of one of the bigger things I do help uh, my clients with is like figuring out who their ideal client is. Um, Cause most people are just throwing a fishnet into the ocean instead of throwing it into a pond because they're like, Oh, if I try to be really specific, I'm going to alienate other people. Good. You need to alienate other people, not in a negative way, but if you keep trying to just help everybody with their confidence, which is what everybody's bio says, like, you know, it, you it's, it's, it's why do they want to be uh, confident? What did they struggle with in the past to make them more confident? And so I will help them identify that. And typically your ideal client is who you were five years ago or who you were before you started your business or whatever. And so when we start to speak to who they were a few years ago and who they want to help and how they want to help them, I feel like, cause I'll ask them that like, okay, let's identify this, but who do you want to help? And how do you want to help them? That kind of says like, I want to help them with this by doing this. And they realize like, oh, you know, I'm, I can help them with this because I'm really good at this. So it's very much them figuring it out. And I just ask the right questions. You know what I mean? I'm definitely not like telling them anything like that. So I think that that's like the most important piece is helping them identify what that is. Cause everybody knows themselves really well. Once they give themselves a chance to admit that that's actually the truth. Yeah. To be mindful. And that's tough. That's that's, but like you said, I think it's like for many of us, it's better to reach out and extend for a hand of help and, you know, allow someone to kind of just, Hey, like you have to be mindful with who you are and what you want and, you know, to strengthen that relationship with yourself. Um, but what, and what does self-love you kind of, you did kind of answer this in, in a way already in the beginning. Um, and then mid when we were talking about limiting beliefs, but I do ask this question to everyone, but what does self-love and acceptance mean to you? Um, self-love and acceptance, we'll probably go back to the very beginning of what we talked about is being able to live authentically you and not give two shits about what anybody thinks. I show up on my social media and in conversations and I don't dull my, my like light. I don't try to like fit myself in any box to please somebody else because I always want to live authentically me. Cause even if I can make people like me more by doing something that I think might be appealing to them. I'm not going to feel as good about it. I'm also not going to be able to attract the true abundance and the path I'm supposed to be on if I'm trying to be like somebody else. So yeah. to me, self-love and acceptance means being able to be you authentically in every way, shape or form, and not in the back of your mind, be worrying if someone likes you or someone don't, I do not care if you don't like me, not in a mean way. I, I would love to have a, a friendship. I'd love to have you follow my content, but if you don't like me, that's okay. You're not a bad person because of it. And I'm not hurt. If you, if you don't like me, I'm going to always attract my people. You know what I mean? So right. I think that, yeah, just being able to comfortably be totally authentic and not have to have any filters or masks on, on social media in different conversations and around different groups of people. I think that's like the most important thing. Yeah. And it also takes off stress off of you because if you, you have to show up different with all these different groups of people, you know, it just puts all this strain and unwanted necessary stress on you that just weighs you down. And 
it just really just at the end of the day, it's just going to tear you apart. So, um, but I, I love what you do. I love what you're doing. Um, you know, like I said in the beginning, it's hard, harder nowadays to come across somebody's page or in person too, that's living authentic and you preach it and you also live it. So, I mean, through your reels or through your, um, your business, uh, or just regular posts where, you know, you kind of break down, you know, negative thinking or growth. And I love all that you're constantly educating, but you're doing so by sharing your story. So, um, keep doing what you're doing. And even as a mom, I'm just like, man, this girl, like, I wish I had you when I was going through all my shit. Like, so like you are empowering so many lives, but also these younger generations need more women like you. Um, that's, what's making the difference. Cause they come across you. They're like, wait, she's like this, this, and this man, I want to be like her. And that's what we need in this life. We don't need, you know, the next, you know, uh, celebrity, whatever, host your own reality television show. We need people that are authentic because it's going to allow others to be their authentic self. And then if we could just all like embrace our own superpower of being us, then I guarantee the world would be a better place. So, but I, I know you have things going. So, but I do appreciate you taking time out of your day. Um, and just being here on the podcast. And there's always one last thing I ask everybody. And that is, what is your favorite quote or quotes that you would like to share? Um, if it's just one, that's fine. I don't care. Whatever is on your heart that you want to share, whatever quote. Oh, my favorite quote ever. Obstacles are just detours in the right direction. Gabby Bernstein. Love it. It's like whenever, not that you have to be positive Patty all the time, but whenever something happens, it's just like when one door closes, another one opens. But uh, whenever like something comes up, there's always a reason for it. And it's directing you to where you want to go. And if you can focus on that instead of the bad thing that happened, like allow yourself to be sad and upset for whatever, but like get excited that like this didn't happen. And it was for a reason. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So before we go though, where can they find you on your social media website? I'll, I'll put everything in the synopsis as well. They already know that. But let them know that way if they're listening they can go, we all have access to our phones. So where can they find you? Yeah. So I, it's funny cause I'm about to get married and I'm going to change my Instagram. It's going to be like a whole thing. Cause <laughs> I've had the same Instagram for so long. Um, even my fiance is like, don't do it. Um, but right now all my social media across everything, my email it is literally just one fit coconut. It's just the letter or the letter, uh, the word one. So O N E F I T C O C O N U T. Um, but I'm, I'm getting married. So I'm going to, ch- I'm trying to like brand myself as my, uh, my married name. So it's going to be Alexa. Is McCluskey, but we'll get there. But I'll I'm gonna like keep the one fit coconut page, so I'll be able to direct people okay. to my new page. But yeah, I'm just one fit coconut. My emails that uh, Instagram. I really only use Instagram. I have TikTok, but I don't really post on it that much. Um, but yeah, Instagram's definitely definitely the jam. So you can find me there for sure. I answer yeah. all my DMs, so you can reach out. Yeah, she does because I even reached out. That's how I reached out to her for the podcast. So I mean. You're, you're an amazing human being. And, um, I I'm so glad that for whatever reason, however, social media works, I landed on one of your reels. So I'm sure, I hope that everybody else does. Cause I feel like we could take a lot away from it and a lot of positivity as well. So, um, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate you. If you guys don't already follow her, go give her a follow, show her some love. Um, and as always, do something today that will leave the world better than you found it. Um, we will talk to you guys soon and uh, I'll drop you guys off some discount codes. First, we have Born Primitive. If you have not done so already, head on over and grab yourself a bunch of pieces of the summer collection. It is by far my favorite collection that Born Primitive has ever dropped. You can use that link in the synopsis here on this episode or the link in my bio, but that link automatically saves you 10% off at checkout. Head on over, give them a follow on IG and they are just an incredible company and I love that I get to be a part of it. Save your hands, make your hands happy, real people, real results with wad and done. They are the most incredible grips I've ever personally used. 
And I cannot tell you how much I am love with this product. They honestly have the best grips. You can follow them at Wadden Done on IG and you can head on over to their website, Wadden Done. Use check, use code Treasures10 at checkout. Maven Threads. Now, these headbands soak up all my sweat, but they're actually really cute too when you want to go out. Um, but whether it's print or bold, get yourself some headbands. Use code SELFLOVEEFFECT15 at checkout. You can also head on over to our Self Love Effect apparel shop and get yourself some self-love apparel or, you know, we also have different quotes on there, but I am the creator behind the designs and I will be launching new things soon. So I look forward to that and stay tuned for more details, but you can use code self love effect at checkout. Now, if you have not heard so already, I am an official legionnaire for the first form app and also just first form in general. But you can find me on the app as an advisor, as an accountability coach using Desiree at selfloveeffect.com. I absolutely love and adore this company since the very beginning of my journey. And I cannot tell you guys how much it's it's motivated me and inspired me to see how much they've grown and all the lives they are changing on a daily basis. And that's ultimately what it's all about, right? Changing lives and leaving this world better than we found it. So head on over, um, download the app, add me as an advisor, and let's get this going. Let's form better habits. Let's fall in love with who we are. And if ultimately when we're better, we show up better and everybody around us is better. And that is how we change the world. That is how we change lives. So together, it the world will change. Um, so I love you guys. I look forward to this coming Sunday with a mini series and um, might have butchered the number, but this is number 37. So thank you for listening. I love and appreciate you guys. And thank you for the constant love and support. We are growing daily. So don't forget to, like I said, subscribe, comment, like, share, because that's how other people get to know the self-love effect as well. So love you guys. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.